Talking about movies, talking about films, talking about actors and directors and whatever else we feel like movies and films. Welcome to Movies and Films. This is a podcast where your two hosts, Jake and Joel, watch and discuss a new movie each week. We have both compiled a list of 20 of our favorite movies of all time, and we are taking turns picking movies one at a time off of each other's list. This week's movie is Spider-Man 2. We'd love it if you watched it with us and let us know what you thought of it. Find us on Instagram at Movies and Films Pod and on Facebook at Movies and Films with Jake and Joel, or email us at moviesandfilmspod at gmail.com. Enjoy. Episode seven. Seven. We are three episodes away from our midpoint of this season. We're going to do 20 season one here, movies and films. Episode seven is, of course, 2004's Spider-Man 2, starring Tobey Maguire, Kirsten Dunst. Yes. J.K. Simmons. James Franco. Yep. All these people. It's not the Andrew Garfield one. It's not not the Tom Holland one. It's the original. It's the OG. Uh, I saw this movie. I believe I saw this in theaters when it came out. Cool. I was really into these movies. Uh, I remember my, my biggest memory was seeing Spider-Man 3 and being incredibly disappointed i went with a group of friends <laughs> we're, we're all disappointed in yeah. spider-man 3 it was so <laughs> we just left the movie theater dumbfounded yeah not in a good way <laughs> you know and of course it was a different culture like there wasn't as much internet stuff so it was like we didn't there weren't all these hot takes flying around there was no facebook yet so right. it was like we, we just knew that Venom was going to be in it and so we were all so excited about <laughs> Venom and then we were he all, looks cool yeah, he looks cool, but other every other that. piece of his character is like ma- mangled. It's because it's because they uh, this episode is not about Spider Man three, right, but right. it's because they like forced him to do Venom. The studio, yeah, like, yeah, it feels that he way. didn't he didn't want to do Venom, but they were like, no, yeah. the fans want a Venom story. It's an afterthought, and so it's like he had to kind of shoehorn yep. in. And the Sandman would have been a perfectly good villain for that. If yeah, like they they had to kind of he is a good villain. Move him out of the way more. But as you said. This is not about Spider-Man 3. This is about Spider-Man 2, in which the main villain is Dr. Octopus, uh, played brilliantly by Alfred Molina. Yep. Who just narrated, by the way, short little aside here, he just narrated an audiobook on Leonardo da Vinci I just listened to. Really? And um, there are a few lines in this movie where he, t- he where he's sitting with his wife and Peter and he's talking about like the great minds in history. Mm-hmm. And it felt like he was exactly saying the same, like it was exactly from the audiobook. It was kind of fun. That's awesome. I was like, oh, this is, maybe this is why he got that gig. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> he's like talking about great minds, yep. thinking differently. Uh, enough of that. This is off of Jake's list, which means I will do the summary of 2004's Spider-Man 2 open on (laughs) New York City. No. Uh, (laughs) This movie uh, takes place pretty much not directly after the first one, but in the first one, basically, it's our origin story. Peter Parker becomes Spider-Man. His girlfriend, Mary Jane, she doesn't know he's Spider-Man. No one does, really. They're not together. Right, they're not together, but it's clear. Yeah, yeah, it's clearly they're Jim and Pamming pretty hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He defeats... Green Goblin, yes, played by Willem Dafoe, uh, whose son is Harry Osborn, mm-hmm. uh, played by James Franco, who's Peter's best friend, 
and uh, not a great friend, but, but <laughs> they're they're good. For, they're sharing an apartment. Yeah. So I figured they're he's a bad friend though. He's a bad friend. <laughs> yes. And uh, anyway, I'm just I'm saying this so that it sets up this movie. Right. Uh, Harry hates Spider Man because he's convinced that Spider Man killed Green Goblin, even though he didn't technically well, yeah kill him. Uh, but he hates Spider Man. That sets up this movie. So um, this movie starts off presumably maybe just maybe months after, and in the intervening time, it's been clear that he is just become full time Spider Man. Right. Um, the first I'd say maybe twenty thirty minutes of this movie have to do with the fact that Peter he's failing as a friend and friend to Mary Jane big time and he obviously wants them to be more than friends and she kind of does too mm-hmm. but he's failing her um he's failing his uh his schoolwork he's a he's a very accomplished student yes. and he can, so the the that's really the first chapter of this is like he's being Spider-Man and he just has this kind of vacant expression in his face the whole time mm-hmm. he's he's working at a pizza delivery place he's working as a photographer he's dropping every ball because right. he's spending all his time Spider-Manning Every time he tries to do something as Peter, yeah. Spider-Man gets in the way. Like, yes. cause he has, because, you know, the whole kind of crux of the first one was you have this power, now you have this responsibility yes. to use it for good. And mm-hmm. so, like, anytime something comes up, he's like, I can't do this this Peter thing because mm-hmm. I need to do the Spider-Man thing. Yes. So that's kind of the whole... Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and he is he really believes in that. Of course, the Uncle Ben kind of message that was given to him, He's it's really... he's. I, I'm going to be, so I have to have, this right. is my responsibility. He's barely hanging on with all these different things. He ends up uh, interviewing Dr. Octopus or Dr. Dr. Otto, Otto Octavius, Octavius yep. uh, who's, who's um, he's pursuing this new kind of fusion technology that Energy, would, pr- yes, yeah. that will, this kind of create this incredible uh, and never ending source of energy. He gets an interview through Harry. He meets him. Uh, we start to meet Dr. Otto. I think maybe the next thing that really happens is that Dr. Octavius, uh, he makes these big spider arm, these big octopus arms, mm-hmm. his four arms on his back. They're actually just to help him with this technology. Yeah. And <laughs> he they develops make it, this like super advanced AI <laughs> yes. to help with this other project. <laughs> right, exactly. Which I thought was kind of funny. I forgot about this entire yeah that whole thing that like, oh, the arms have nothing to do with the thing he's actually doing. Right. Um, he has like a chip. It's this very kind of obvious thing. He's like, oh, I have this chip that makes it so the arms don't take over my body. And they <laughs> were like, well, the entire audience is like, well, that chip's gone. Right, you know? yeah. And that does happen. He has this huge industrial accident. Uh, his wife d- dies as a result of it. And the chip is destroyed, which means basically the AI in charge of the arms takes over his body and it turns him into this kind of, they become this kind of, it's like a, almost like a Jekyll and Hyde yeah. or a, they're like a, a voice in his head. Yeah. They're like controlling him now. Yes. It should be said that he blames Spider-Man for the yes, death of he his blames, wife. Because Spider-Man, Spider-Man showed him. up. Yeah. I'm trying to think exactly what happens next. Peter yeah. is trying to, again, Mary Jane has this, she's an actress. She has this play. Peter is, he tells her he's going to show up at the play. Uh, he, of course, doesn't. Uh, he continues. The, um, and she is, and she uh, ends up getting engaged to um, J. Jonah Jameson's son, who's an astronaut. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what a cool guy. <laughs> yeah, what a cool guy. And, uh, and uh, so they're engaged to be married. He, he ends up showing up for her where Peter doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, she gets mad at Peter. 
what exactly happens next? It's there's, been like a, there's a couple kind of weeks. two two planes of action, right? We're following Doc Ock. Yep. And we're following yes. Peter. So and then so Doctor Octopus at this point has kind of created that he decides, well, I just need a bigger kind of containment right. field for this thing. So he builds it in this old kind of abandoned building yes. by the waterfront or by the river. Right. That's what he's doing. And then Peter is struggling. He's starting to like lose his power. Yes. He's starting to so in this version of Spider-Man the web actually comes out of his wrists yes. whereas in all the other ones it's kind of an invention that Peter makes. Um so yeah, he's starting to uh, presumably it's just like a stress thing. He's losing his ability which uh to me I will get into this later didn't make a ton of sense to me. It's sure. like what why is this happening? He got bit by a spider and now he's losing his power. But he decides he's not going to be Spider-Man anymore. Mm -hmm. And he decides um, the world is going to be okay. Um, if bad things happen, it's not my responsibility. And so he decides he's going to apply himself in his studies, which he does. Mm -hmm. He's going to become a better friend to Mary Jane, which he does. Yep. Uh, and he is going to be a better, be better at his different jobs that he does. Mm -hmm. So, uh, he decides to do that and he reconciles with Mary Jane. They meet at a little cafe and, or a coffee shop and they are about to kiss, mm. which is a big deal because yeah. he's never kissed her as Peter Parker. He has kissed her as Spider-Man. Of course, it should be said she kisses her fiance upside down or boyfriend at the time fiance, upside, yeah. uh, upside down. Yeah. And uh, clearly looking alluding, for the spark. Yes, yeah. alluding to this <laughs> moment in the first movie where she kissed Spider Man and it, right. it blew her entire mind. <laughs> um, and so they're about to actually kiss as Peter and Mary Jane, and uh, Dr. Octopus shows up uh, and throws a car through the window. Uh, he saves Mary Jane. But uh, he ends. Doctor Octopus steals Mary Jane, and he he knows basically that Peter knows Spider Man. Right. And so Doctor Octopus is now using her as a as a chip, as a bargaining chip. Uh, and so he says, "You get Sp give me Spider Man, right. or she dies." Presumably. Right, because Harry has yes. the tritium, which is the the basically the the element yes. that makes the fusion thing go. Exactly. And so Harry has made this deal with Dr. Octopus. He's like, right. if you kill Spider-Man, I'll give you this thing that you need for your experiment. Right. So uh, that's basically sets up the last thing. Uh, Spider-Man shows up. It is revealed that uh, his mask is ripped off. She sees that he, that Peter is Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. And then uh, he defeats Dr. Octopus, although there is kind of a moment where he's able to kind of get through to him. Yes. Um, and kind of save, kind of save his soul in a way, and he presumably dies. And of course, now we know later uh, there's kind of a multi-dimensional no. thing that happened. No. Maybe no, I don't want to talk about that. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, okay. Uh, so uh, yeah, that's the that that's the end of that whole thing. Of the story. Uh, then at the kind of epilogue is that Mary Jane leaves her wedding. She runs <sighs> away from her wedding. She leaves the guy at the altar, and. Uh, she goes and finds Peter, and she has this big kind of monologue, and she says, it's okay that you're Spider-Man. I want to be with you with all that entails. And he tells her, no, don't. You can't be. And she right. says, I don't care. And that's the end of the movie. <sighs> and so it Let's ends... get to my Achilles heel right now. <laughs> okay. Jake's Achilles heel. Go. She should have married the astronaut. <laughs> Why didn't she just marry the astronaut? Here's the thing. Okay. This is one of my, my Achilles heels. I yeah. have two. Okay. I, I will save this, actually. I'm going to save that for, okay. for worst scene. 
Okay. Right. Okay. But so here I'll talk about the Achilles heel, which is Toby Maguire and Kirsten Dunst have okay. zero chemistry in this movie. I agree. There's no chemistry at all between them. Yeah. It's just dry. And yeah. Of course, I, I think that is maybe sort of the style of how Toby is playing. Mm-hmm. He's making some choices. As I said yeah. in the beginning, I think it was a choice for him to just have this kind of dead eye stare. But like the first few scenes where he's trying to deliver peaches and stuff, he's just like, Bleh. and he's, he's supposed <laughs> to be tired right. and worn out. And I I get that, but it just comes across between. <laughs> it does. He's not the best actor, right? But specifically between Toby and Kirsten, it's like yeah, Kirsten, Kirsten. I think it's Kirsten, Kirsten. I don't ever once believe in the movie that they love each other. Same. And I think yeah. compared to, and you know, we have all these versions, so we have to be able yeah, to compare yeah, yeah, them. Yeah. Compared to Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone, yeah. oh my gosh, they have awesome chemistry. And yeah. like I'd always both want them actors. to be together, both great actors. Yeah. Like they act like they love each other. Mm-hmm. You believe it. Tom Holland and Zendaya. You, same right. thing. Yes. Yeah. Um, Two very good actors. They seem like they're just friends. They seem like they get right. along really yes. well. So, you yeah. know, I just don't think, and I think a lot of it does have to do with how they're playing the characters. It's very melancholy. Yeah. It's very melancholy. Which is the, t- well, I'll get well, into it this is later. It is the, the tone the, of the movie. The, which is, well, I was going to say the time. Oh, the time. Like superhero movies at this point were just right, which different pretty much than they are now. It was these movies and X-Men. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, that's my, that's yeah. my Achilles heel. Okay. Gotcha. My Achilles heel is definitely the the dialogue of this movie, which is interesting because one of my favorite, one I don't know, maybe one of my favorite, an author that I like a lot of his books, Michael Chabon, is one of the writers on this movie. Uh, he wrote a book called The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay, which is all about comic books. It's about the writers of comic books in like the, the 30s and 40s. Cool. And... I think maybe that's why they kind of tapped him on this because it was like, oh, comic books, we want to bring that in. Right. Um, I don't know if he wrote any of the dialogue because he's pretty good at writing dialogue. I think he just, <laughs> it seems like he was more of a story guy. Sure. The story is great. The story is solid. Yeah. I, I definitely can't, like I tried because I was looking right. for like the, the scenes, the deleted yeah, scenes yeah. or whatever. And like, it's definitely pretty airtight. Like mm-hmm. the story, the plot makes a lot of sense. Um, but the dialogue... I mean, just in general, Sam Raimi, I think, uh, he just makes a lot of super stylized decisions. He's very stylized, yeah. And which we saw recently in the latest Doctor Strange movie. Which I liked a lot. Which I liked as well, but he, again, just makes it so Sam Raimi. He has the hand shooting out. He does it in every movie. (laughs) The Evil Dead thing where like the hand shoots out of the ground. He does it in this movie where Peter gets buried in this big rubble and he shoots out. He does it in the new Doctor Strange movie, which is a spoiler. I don't want to say He did it in the first Spider-Man with Green Goblin. Yes, with Green Goblin. So like comes up. It's too much. I don't like it. I don't think he's a bad director. I just think he needs to stop. He needs to be stopped. Uh, anyway, I don't know if it's his fault or what, but there are so many monologues in this movie or little things that the characters say to each other. And oh, the, boy. And the only... What? That's it's, what Toby says. He's like, oh, boy, yeah. <laughs> and like the one person I can... The one person that I can give... A pass to is Doctor Ock, Tavius, <laughs> Doc Ock, because he uh, he has these voices in his head. But even then, 
Right. There are some times where it's not even clear that the voices are talking to him. He's just speaking out loud. Harry does it. Mary Jane does it. Peter does it. Um, they all just do these, like, they just talk to talk to no one in particular. And the dialogue is terrible. I wrote a bunch of it down. Nice. Um, Harry, so after the accident happens where the Dr. Octavius's wife dies, Mrs. Octavius, I yeah. assume, um, she dies and everyone is kind of rushed out, is like evacuated from the building. Mm-hmm. Harry comes out and first of all, Spider-Man tries to save him and he does. Like Harry's about to die from this giant industrial explosion. Spider-Man saves him and Harry turns around and he goes, this changes nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was just a hilarious like... What are you doing, dude? Because I didn't think about this, but like Spider-Man's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was like, what are we, like everything is falling apart. Like, why are you choosing now to say right. this? And then he runs out of the building and he stares off into space and to no one, he says, he says, I'm ruined. Now I have nothing except for Spider-Man. <laughs> and then someone <laughs> catches up with him. And I'm just like, bro, like, I don't know. Just you got to be better with with. It feels like the writers of the movie, the screenwriters, they wrote what they want the characters to say, right? Like an outline of it, and then they just put that in as the dialogue. They didn't figure it out at all. They're right. like, "All right, what does Harry say? He wants to say I'm ruined." Uh, basically, we're saying now he has nothing except for Spider Man, right. and then they just put that in as the dialogue, right? And I'm like, <laughs> it doesn't. It just doesn't work for me. Yeah, I think it's a lot of it is just because it's old. Like yeah. there are there are just aspects of yes. the movie that aren't as good now because it's going on twenty years old. Yes, you know? and I I wanted to say this this is four years before Iron Man came out, right. which effectively changed the entire like superhero game, mm-hmm. and it did everything this movie tr- does and tries to do. I would say just better on almost every level and i think that's it feels like it just elevated the entire game to now we have like quite a few years of that what like 15 years of that of these movies and 30 movies and a bunch of tv shows and we look back now at this before all of that and it just seems so in some ways so clumsy and the for me the dialogue is the the biggest of those. I wrote down MJ's thing at the end. Oh, I know gosh. this is your scene. It's so bad. I'm going to read it. I This is word for word what she says. Uninterrupted. <laughs> okay? So I'm not skipping any other dialogue. I know. <laughs> I know you think we can't be together, but can't you respect me enough to let me make my own decision? I know there will be risks, but I want to face them with you. It's wrong that we should only be half alive, half of ourselves. I love you. So here I am. Standing in your doorway. <laughs> I've always been standing in your doorway. Isn't it about time somebody saved your life? And I'm just it's like... It's terrible. <laughs> That's it's so It's supposed bad. to be the thing. It's supposed to be the thing that we all care about, like you said, if they had better chemistry or whatever. Right. And, and it, I just don't believe her. I don't like, either. It, it, so anyway. And also, <laughs> she hasn't always been standing in his doorway because in the first no, movie, she didn't even know what color eyes he had. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's my my biggest thing of this movie. Because here's the deal. I'll 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 talk about this more at the end. But like, I didn't super enjoy this wa- rewatching this movie. I I have good memories of it. Right. The nostalgia factor is absolutely there for me. Like I still remember enjoying this movie. <clears throat> I like the idea of Tobey Maguire and all uh, Spider Man. 
But the dialogue was the biggest thing I think that really distracted me. And it made me think, oh, wow, Iron Man up the ante and Captain America and the Avengers, like that all up the ante. And I will say this, one excuse that this does not have is X-Men came out before this. And I haven't watched X-Men in a while, so I don't Mm -hmm. know. But I feel like that's a much better written movie. I feel like it does, it's a lot smoother in how it kind of like handles some stuff, especially the dialogue. So that's my, the dialogue is my chief, absolutely number one Achilles heel. I will, I would also say this, and I feel like it's just a similar thing. Uh, There are so many ladies screaming in this movie. I I remarked on this to Phoebe. She was yeah. watching it with yeah. me, and I was like, "Sam, stop showing like scantily clad women screaming oh, yeah. into the camera." <laughs> so many like so many like crop tops. And- exactly. I can't even imagine like the casting process of this. They're just like, we got to find all these hot girls. That's exactly what it was. And they were ju- they just got to show up, pop into frame at every possible yeah time where it's like we need someone going. <gasps> To show that like people are reacting, it's got to yep. be this like college age girl, yeah. yeah, who's like not wearing a lot of clothes, but they're screaming. I mean, Kirsten Dunst screams. She's for, a good screamer. She's a good. She's a great screamer. <laughs> but her and anytime there's any action happening, there's just a woman screaming hysterically at the top of her lungs yeah. for the entire movie. If you edited all the screams together, it would probably be like ninety whole seconds of screaming <laughs> in this of just. <laughs> like in this movie and so anyway that was just one other thing and yeah. I feel like I don't know if that's dialogue but I was just like it, that felt I guess it counts su- as dialogue super dated now yes. where you're just like it yes. just feels like a trope that it is does. just hit way too many times but the thing is that <laughs> this set up the trope though you know like this sure. is one of those things where it's like oh we've seen that done so many times Maybe it feels like it's at the end of that run though because I feel like movies made in the 90s and 80s probably had more of that Maybe it feels like that's when it was set up, that's and maybe fair, yeah. movies like Die Hard or something, where the, you know, there's more damsel in distress stuff. I don't know. Sure, yeah. I don't quote me on that. I don't know. Anyway, so that that was another. That was basically. I don't know if that's dialogue, but that that those are our Achilles heels. Very right. fair. All very fair. Safety net. What do you think is the thing that stops this movie from being worse? Okay, so my safety net is the depth of the internal conflict that Peter yeah. is having through the whole yeah. movie, and that's really. I think at at the core of why I love the movie so much. It's not, you know, not every single effect looks great. Not every line of dialogue. And as a matter of fact, a lot of the lines of dialogue are bad, yeah, as yeah. we talked about. But it's this conflict of, do I be the hero that I have been and that I know I could be? Yeah. And in doing so, sacrifice maybe something that I want? Or do I not do what I know is right? Hmm. And do I chase the things that would just make me happy. Hmm. And I think that's a really kind of deep, tough question yeah. for a character to to battle because yeah. he has a, a line where he's like, you know, looking out the window, like talking to himself. It's like, do I not get do I not get to have what I want? Right. Like he's like asking himself, asking Uncle Ben really in that moment. Yeah, yeah. And the answer is no. You don't. Right. You know, if if you are to be the hero, you don't. It requires he, sacrifice. Right. Because yeah. he has that moment because he, he's spent, you know, weeks or whatever being not being Spider-Man and walking the other way when somebody's getting mugged and walking the other way, where, yeah. you know, where a police off, police car is run, racing down the street. Right. And he has this moment where a house is on fire. Yeah. And he's like, is anybody in there? 
and th- they say, yeah, somebody, there's a little girl trapped on the, you know, on the fourth floor or whatever. Yeah. He's like, he like runs in there as Peter. He doesn't have his powers because he's decided, you know, yeah. I'm not going to do this anymore. And he saves her. Mm-hmm. It, but it's like really hard for him to say, he like yeah. has to jump through fire and like do a bunch of crazy stuff. Yes. But then, so he saves her, brings her out. He's like getting oxygen in the ambulance and he hears a firefighter say that somebody died on like yeah. the fifth floor. Because if they got in there quicker. Because. Yeah. But Spider-Man could have got them both. Right. Is yeah. is the point of that. Right. Like right. he knows that if I if I was Spider-Man, I could have swung in there, yep. raised, you know, saved them both. Yep. And so he has that moment of like, I can't, I, I, I can't. Like I can't, I can't make that decision. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I have to, I have to do this because I can. We, so after the last podcast, we talked, we sat here for a little bit and talked about how, just about different comic book, we talked about Batman mm-hmm. and, and, and different comic books. Uh, comic book superheroes that and and kind of their their quintessential stories like what what is their struggle with batman it's so much about his morality mm-hmm. uh with not killing people and what he needs to be as a symbol uh with superman it's it's really it's usually about belonging he's he's an alien yeah and right. so that's the core of his his personality with peter parker and this is why spider-man has always kind of always been my has always been my favorite superhero is that his his core struggle is this balance of because Bruce Wayne's personal life doesn't really matter. No, it like doesn't. we never. I mean, there are occasionally they'll play around with it, but like he's a billionaire playboy who's by himself. Right. He never has a significant other really that ever sticks around. You know, they toy right. with like Catwoman and yeah, stuff. Yeah, Kyle. But it's never a big part of his personality. But like Mary Jane is always present in Peter's struggle or in Peter's stories mm-hmm. and Spider-Man's stories because that is such an ever-present thing. It's like he wants his life, but he also... And of course, that's why the quote is with great power comes great right. responsibility. That 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 informs everything about this, every story. It always has to be that. He has to be struggling with this, like, I want to have a life. I'm a, I'm a teenage kid or a college-age kid, right. and I have this incredible power. And so that it, I I think you had said that this movie, the reason that you like this movie so much is because it is this essential version of Spider-Man is kind of the most Spider-Man story. Mm -hmm. And I totally get that. I think um, it, that does come across that feels like, and as I said, I feel like the story is really is pretty airtight as far as people, people's like motivations and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I love it, man. I think it's so deep and, it's just cool to see like this hero who doesn't want to be the hero all the time. Yeah. You know, like he struggles with not doing, yeah. like I don't want to do what's right. Cause it hurts. Like, right. It, well, it, and it reminds me of like <clears throat> Captain America, civil war and age of Ultron. Like these, those are interesting moral decisions of a similar nature that Marvel had to kind of hit later where it's like this decision of, Oh, do we, save the world in this way and right. err on this side or would you save the world in this way and err on this side it's like real world decisions but they're doing it through the superhero yeah. kind of filter. yeah all my favorite comic book movies are deal with that yeah you know they, they cool. deal with more than just good guy fights bad guy and that's i feel like that's what the first spider-man movie is yes green goblin what does he want we don't know we don't care he's right. green goblin he's willem defoe he's awesome yeah so it's very much just good guy punch bad guy, bad guy punches back, almost gets good guy, good guy ends up winning. Yeah. Like, but in this movie, there's so much more going on. Yes. Um, and I just I think that really yeah. I think to me I can 
I can laugh at the dialogue. You know, I can like, I can say, oh, that's cheesy, that's corny. But this sort of underlying story and watching yeah. Peter go through this struggle elevates it and in my mind makes up makes up for that. Yeah. You know? Okay, cool. I had, I had like two that I wrote down just to see what you said. Mm-hmm. And one of them was the story structure. And I feel like that's, so I feel like you're you're covering that, and I I feel like that's at the core of it. My safety net uh, that I picked, if it's not that, is Danny Elfman's score. I think it's so. It's just I would I hate to sometimes I hate to use this word, but it's just it's classic. It's great. It dude. feels like it's such an era of, and he he also did the music in the last Doctor Strange movie that we keep talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it they, seems like he works with Sam. Raimi. They had like a falling out, Sam and oh really? Yeah. They had a falling out where they were like mad at each other for a long time, and they finally wow. got back together. They seem for, like they might be kind of volatile personalities, <laughs> a little bit, yeah. each of them. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's just I don't I I wouldn't even I don't know if it's I mean it's great. I wouldn't know if I would say it's like perfect or incredible or amazing, but it just fits this genre so well yeah. and it's like it's just the the core of this of these kind of movies mm-hmm. especially from this period it's just the way that he has kind of these hits and that he has these different like moods that he orchestrates it's just really really well yeah. done and i think it's such a great example of a guy who can do so many things it's just such a great example of like wow okay he he's really good at this and yeah. he's like flexing here yeah and <clears throat> the doc ox like theme yeah it's like Bum, bum, bum. It's just so yeah. cool. And I think that's something that we're missing in superhero movies now. Yeah. I don't think the scores are incredibly no. creative. They're all kind of boring. Like, I can't, I can remember the first Iron Man score. I can remember that. Okay. But, and I can remember the Avengers theme, right? Yeah. But outside of that, like, right. there's, there's not a lot of memorable scores. Yeah. Like, I can remember the Dark Knight music Mm -hmm. i can remember the spider-man music and then yeah there's really not much there so i think that i agree in this movie danny elfman he's just other level yeah you know it's interesting you definitely get a sense that marvel movies since now since then have have chosen to rely more on source music or sorry on um on just placement licensed music especially yep. with iron man mm-hmm. and gardens of the galaxy like they're going to they're throwing in these songs that we all know and thor right. like the last couple thor movies like they they they're using these songs that we all know and uh they they stir an emotional but the, right. if they're looking for an emotional thing they're going to this actual song right. rather than relying on the score even mm-hmm. though i mean some of the scores are probably decent i don't really notice them though you're right right like, they might be good but like you don't yeah. except you for don't that avengers it. theme yeah oh the avengers theme is so good yeah i remember going to see endgame like me and a bunch of friends and we mm-hmm. just like all the way there we put the avengers theme on repeat yeah yeah that's great cool all right, cool. Yeah, that's my uh, mine is the score. There was also a lot of practical effects. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, the sets were pretty good. Yeah, lots yeah. of like practical explosions. You know, Spider Man. Yep. You actually, could tell those arms. There were a lot of shots where those arms were yes. real puppets. Yep. Yeah. They 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 have guys in green screen you know suits that are like holding yeah. them and moving them around. It's really cool. Yeah. 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 It looks pre- it definitely it looks pretty good for this time period. There are a few. A few moments where it's like, all right, they're still yeah. figuring. Some stuff and if out. you watch, like, I have the extended 
version mm-hmm. on DVD. If you watch that, some of the some of the stuff that they cut out, like some of the fight, like the train scene is extended. Mm-hmm. Like there's some extended fight scenes, and it's ooh, it okay. is bad, <laughs> like real right. bad. But I feel like what they left in, it looked pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, worst shot of this movie. Uh, when Peter and MJ are in the the coffee shop, and this is when Harry has sent Doc Ock to yep get this get Spider Man yeah through Peter he throws a car first of all Harry mm-hmm. what did you expect because he like yells down after him he's like don't hurt Peter <laughs> and then he throws he a car, throws a car the, at him through the coffee shop window <laughs> and he doesn't know he's spider-man right exactly <laughs> so it's like anyway so he throws the car all of that looks fine but there's a shot that I just personally didn't like it's so Peter like grabs MJ and uh-huh. they do like this twirl yeah. and I don't, it's like a slow motion yes. thing and it shows like their faces. Harry's like looking right at, or Peter's looking right at the camera. Yeah. They're like slowly turning. Yep. I didn't, I thought that looked kind of dumb, yeah. but right after that, you know, it's cool. Like you see the glass going over and he has to like, and the bit, the car barely. Yeah. Yeah. Him. That yeah. was cool. But I didn't like in midair. There's a, there's like a two second shot of them slow motion that I think looked bad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's not the kind of thing that I mean where I'm like at the time, it looks dated in the ways where at the time you're like, this probably looked, it's not that it's shoddy. Right. It looks okay usually, but it's that they made decisions that were like at the time we all, it wasn't that like the matrix wasn't too far in the past. And they were like, Oh, they love this stuff. Yeah. Throw more of these yeah. kind of shots. Slow motion there. and cool. Yeah. yeah. And now we look back and we're like, we've seen this a million times. It's right. not novel for us. Right. Uh, okay. Uh, let me see. I had a couple. <laughs> I wrote down Peter punches out of the debris pile just because I hated how he keeps doing that. <laughs> That's not the worst shot, though. Um, okay. This one... This one is definitely the one. Uh, the repeated super close zoom-ins to Peter's eyes before and after he's having his Uncle Ben flashback. He has his flashback with Uncle Ben, mm-hmm. and before it, he spends... I'm exaggerating. He spends 30 seconds zooming in on Peter's face, just his eyes, and then he has the flashback, and he spends another 30 seconds just zooming in yeah. on his eyes. And I thought both of those... It just... It it looks... He probably didn't, but it looks like he may have used the same footage again. Like, it seems like oh. it's just the same thing again. I didn't notice I that. I bet he it, didn't, he, but but yeah. it seems so similar, and it seems so just long. It felt, it felt awkward to me, where yeah. I'm like, we get it. It's in his head. Like, we right. <laughs> Yeah, Uncle Ben's dead. We don't have to. Yeah. You don't have to hold our hand. I guess I didn't feel that. I guess it was like, for me, those those moments. And it, I don't. Thirty seconds. You said it was an exaggeration. Yeah. That does feel a little, a little bit. But long. it's but maybe it is five, five to right, ten yeah, seconds. It, it's a long shot. But to me, I'm using that, and I think this is kind of what he was thinking when he mm-hmm. made these shots. I'm using that to think about what what he is thinking about. You know, like I guess so. Like I'm using this five ten second shot. Maybe, you know, if I was just watching it, yeah, it's probably too long. But I think it is too long so that we are sitting with him in that And moment. if you do that, then make it after, not before and, and after. after. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That I, way we just we look at him, we see that he's zoning out. Right. We have the scene with Ben and then we then we zoom in on his face and we, I agree with we that. let it land with the audience. I agree yeah. with that. I don't think I would have put it in if it wasn't two almost identical shots. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Uh any other um, Worst shots for you? There was a just a couple, you know, 
where they had to full CGI the characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. It, it, you can't really blame 2004 movie for right. having bad CGI. Some of the web slinging scenes felt yeah, a little, yeah. You know, it, that stuff. Like the Spider-Man look, video game now looks better than that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's hard to it's hard to blame a 2004 yeah, yeah. movie for the CGI. But right. There were a couple full CGI bodies, but there were also some really good CGI moments in it. Yeah. Like. Yeah, the visuals are pretty good. The fight on the building was super good. Mm-hmm. Like. At one the, of the end. One, yeah. No, in the. Oh. The first time they fight. Yes, they I go out of the bank. I he think grabs. I mentioned he that. grabs Aunt May. Yeah. Uh, from right before the train. This is before the train, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, there's some, I thought there's that some was really good. Where he, like, he throws the clock thing at him, and he like mm-hmm. dodges it and webs it, and then like yes, slowly the comes back thing. up and throws it yes. back at him. Like that is super cool. I thought that was really well yeah. done. Yeah, so I, I had written that. There's down. some good CGI stuff. My my honorable mention is the blurred freeze frame at the end of the raindrops keep falling on my head montage. <laughs> it felt again. It felt so stylistically like yeah. we. It felt like a joke. Like it would be if there's a a comedy, they would throw that in there as just kind of like a self or like a like an homage or like a trope. And I'm like, this didn't need to happen. Like, yeah, I felt like it was a joke that I was like, it just didn't land yeah. for me. Uh, all right, best shot of this movie. I really like the first, and it's designed. You know, it's kind of designed to be this whoa, cool shot. Mm-hmm. You know, thing. But it's where Doc Ock first puts the arms yeah. on, yeah. and he like. He focuses for a second, and then he like raises his arms, and the, the octopus arms come yeah. up, like, and it's like showing behind him, and you can see all the people. Yeah, it's like it looks really cool. That's cool. Yeah. Do you find I've been finding this? You just mentioned it. Anytime that a movie feels like they're saying, "Oh, you're gonna love this," <laughs> I find myself tuning out a little bit. Like when it's a shot where it's like clearly we're all supposed we're all supposed to go whoa did you see that <laughs> I, I i think i'm the guy saying whoa did okay. you see that <laughs> like like yeah. i i have said this before on the podcast i love a good wide shot yeah yeah <laughs> like like these shots from movies where it's like you get to see all this cool scenery and like yeah. the subject of the shot is really small but you get to see it all right. it's like i love stuff like that <laughs> right i love stuff like that too i just think about like like bringing back to comic book movies, like the Avengers, when all they're all that iconic shot where like Iron Man lands and it's panning yeah. around them and the yeah, New no, York's I, behind I them. eat that stuff up, dude. Like, okay, <laughs> okay, so no, great. Um, my, my, I didn't have a lot of best shots in this movie. Again, I like that fight scene. Mm-hmm. I really liked at the beginning of that scene you talked about with her in the restaurant. There's this restaurant window. MJ MJ sitting at the table and the p- camera pans in and it's goes through the glass. Through the glass. Yeah, that was cool. And I was like, "That's really well done. That's I probably not easy that. to do." And uh, I thought that was like, it felt like it was one of those shots where they want you to think it's cool, but it felt a little more subtle in yeah. a way that I could really appreciate it. Uh, I had an honorable mention, which is the is her name Ursula, the neighbor girl. Mm-hmm. She at near the beginning she says hi and then she sets the stove on fire. <laughs> And like it just seemed like that was prob to get the comedy of that moment right, and then to get the fire to happen yeah. felt like it was probably really difficult. Yeah, and it, it yeah, just I laughed was, out loud. I thought it was yeah. really well done. Yeah, those <laughs> characters are so funny. Yeah, her and her her dad or uncle or whatever. Yeah, the her, his landlord. Yeah, rent the this perfectly nice girl that Peter is like. Yeah, and I actually thinking about quote unquote settling for. <laughs> I actually would like to talk about that for a second. This mm. is not one of our topics or anything. Yeah. But I find that character so interesting. Yeah. And 
she's Same. really not. But I find her interesting because because of her role yeah. in Peter's life, right? Peter, I don't think Peter likes her in that way. Right. She obviously kind of likes him. Yeah. But I think her coming in, when she comes in and like makes him cookies. Yep. It's the first time in the movie that anyone has done anything nice for him. Yeah. With the exception of Aunt May. Right. Like, it's the first time that a human being has shown him any sort of kindness. Yes. And so it's like, it's this moment where Peter's like, you know, this is this is why I do Spider Man. You know, like it's people like people are still good. Yeah. I think that that's a super cool, like hmm. subtle way to kind of say that. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I think also like just thinking about real life and how real life isn't movies. I'm yeah. like, Peter should should he should end up with her. <laughs> Cause Mary Mary Jane should have married the Mary astronaut. Jane is a lot. Okay. <laughs> and like I get that they're friends, but I'm like now he's an adult. She's an adult. Like she clearly likes him. She makes cookies. <laughs> He'll probably his landlord will probably be, treat him better if he's dating yeah. his daughter. You know, like that's a stupid reason to <laughs> date someone. But like you know, it's like this is a perfectly nice girl who like likes you. Yeah. You know, that's the kind of th- yeah. Where it's like in real life, it's like no, probably go out on yeah. a date with her. Yeah. Like she's probably going to be nice for you. Or you know? <laughs> Becky Brant, who the lady at the the bugle oh the bugle yes yeah. yes what about her she's obviously very into Peter. right right <laughs> like what about she's great exactly <laughs> exactly yeah it has to anyway be. but i mean it's a movie of course so it's like right, we have yeah. d- these characters are destined to be together well um we're, st- <laughs> we're on the we're about to get to worst scene soon so. okay yeah well yeah we'll leave that on the table uh worst scene for you, you oh yeah we're here alluded to it okay Hot take. Love it. Mary Jane should have married the astronaut. Uh-huh. Not just for Mary Jane, not mm-hmm. just for Peter, but for the sake of the film. Yeah. The point of the movie, right? which I have been talking about, totally. is so beautiful and with so you. powerful, I'm tracking with is you. that you choose to be the hero yes. and you don't get what you want. Yes. Like that's the sacrifice that you make. And that's how the Spider-Man in the comic books is. That's yes. how Spider-Man in like the animated series always was. He was always so close to getting what he wanted, but it just didn't happen. Right. And I think, and you know, you can say, well, he, you know, he made the decision mm-hmm. knowing that yeah. in his mind, Mary Jane is not an option anymore. Right. Like that's what he said, or that's what he, he thinks. But I don't like that the movie steps on that by giving him Mary Jane. Correct. I don't like it. I, I think it's a. I think. Yep. From a story standpoint, it's the only bad decision that this movie makes. I totally agree. It feels like fan service. It yes. feels like someone told they had a perfectly well fleshed out story, and that someone told the producers and the writers to be like, "We, everyone really wants to. It's been two whole movies, guys. They have to end up together. Everyone loves." These two. Yeah. yeah. Well, my thing is, if I'm making the movies, they don't get together, and Mary Jane's not in the third one. Yeah. She's not. Which when, happens in, well, no, I guess that was Gwen Stacy, probably. Yeah, but like that in the later movies, that has happened more. Where mm-hmm. like he, there's a girl that he's into, and it ends up, it has to work out I that hope they, they can't get together. I hope they do that with this new Spider Man stuff. Yeah. I mean, they, they have, not to spoil anything, but the end of the last one, 
Yeah, spoilers that, for for yeah, No Way Home. F- full spoilers for everything. Um, <laughs> for for all thirty Marvel movies, <laughs> but at the end of the last one, like there's there's nothing final, but like he has to in some in many ways let MJ go. I hope that she's gone. Though, right, is the thing. Like I hope they don't try to bring her back. Right, and, and if she does, it's them. not gonna. Yeah, right. It's not gonna mean as but much. But they could keep bringing her back, but he can't end up with her. Right, you know what I mean, like yeah. it, if if she's present as this, because she, she represents normalcy in his life, sure. and she represents this life that he could have. That's always what that character I think has kind of functioned as. Mm-hmm. And we're supposed to like her. We're supposed to think she's cool. Right, and see what he likes about her. Uh, but and so it hurts us when he can't be with her too. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, totally, totally get it. That's I, I hate that. Yeah, I hate it. Okay, uh, I had I can't decide between these two. I'm gonna, but I'm going to pick for my for my least favorite. Uh, Aunt May. She has this overly emotional scene near the beginning. She wakes up thinking it's Ben talking to her, mm-hmm. and then she gets mad that Peter doesn't take her money. Yeah, and then she cries. And I don't know if it's like the acting or the directing, but it's super just melodramatic. And it feels like maybe it wasn't edited together. She goes from like zero to 10, zero yeah. to 10. And it just doesn't feel, I don't think that, I don't know if it's acting or, or maybe, just, again, maybe it's just the dialogue, yeah. but I, I, I wasn't convinced by the scene. I love that scene. Really? Yes. <laughs> I do. Okay. I, I do. It, I, I would I would challenge you to go back and watch it again. <laughs> Thinking about I just tried. how quickly she just she does she goes zero to sixty yeah and I it took me out of it I don't know like I spent my time thinking about her acting rather than thinking about Aunt May as a character yeah you know I don't know it just didn't seem real it seems so not real and that's my again back to the dialogue thing it just those little things take me out of the story mm-hmm. you know I get it um, any other any other uh, worst yeah. scene. No, I just Honorable had that one. Okay. My other one was when he stops the train. When he stops the train. What? Literally, no, just that part of it. Okay. Because, and this is just a little thing, but he seems to just stop the train by just like maybe trying harder. Like he he spins all the web mm-hmm. and he's holding on and it's not stopping the train. Right. And then he just holds on harder and holds on harder and holds on harder and eventually it stops. And what stopped... Like what stopped well, what the train it, from like, going? It's well, not because the engine physics, is. I'm not a physics, you know, I'm not a physicist, but <laughs> to me, it's like if something is going that fast, right? Uh huh. And then I shoot these. I shoot like one web. Uh huh. And it breaks off the building because it's not strong enough. Right. Okay. Well, let me try again and shoot a bunch of webs. Mm-hmm. So now I'm shooting a bunch of webs at the building. Okay, they're you know, now they're strong enough, and uh-huh. eventually it's going to gradually slow, and I think that's what happened. Yeah, right. It just I, felt like it was rather than it slowing more and more, it felt like it was hurting him more and more. It Maybe probably it was, was. It was stretching him more and more. I guess. Yeah, because the his you had like the mm-hmm. the webs that are attached to the buildings back there. Sure. Are like pulling his arms back. I guess so. And yeah. He's really he's like the piece that is. That is that the webs are attached to. That's stopping yeah, the train. Yeah, but how the train? They make a point of saying we can't turn the train off. So how does it stop once it stops? I don't know. That's the part <laughs> I don't get. Because once the momentum of the train stops, that makes sense to me. But like, it seems like how just, is the train running? Is it? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but don't like, think about it too much, Joel. 
<laughs> that being said, I liked the scene leading up to that because that starts with the him and Dr. Octopus yeah. fight with the clock and yeah. stuff. Anyway, that was just a... I know I'm being a little <laughs> pedantic. Okay, best scene of the movie. Okay. What you got? It looks like I have several. Okay. The first one was the scene, and it's the most Sam Raimi scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's the scene where Octavius is asleep and they're trying to cut his arms off, mm-hmm. and like in the hospital. Yes, and the arms attack the doctors. Yeah, and there's no music. Yeah, there's like no music going on, but like so you hear yeah. all of the hits and the screams and the. It's and just the saws like straight up like, Jurassic Park. Yeah, or like yeah, yeah. It's so cool. There's like <laughs> yeah, it's like a monster movie. It's a monster movie. Yeah, it is. And it's, it's played exactly. It reminds me of when we were talking about Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, how when he finds. Uh, Elsa in the attic. Oh yeah, it's yeah. like a horror. It's played like a horror movie. Mm-hmm. This is played just like which that. is Sam Raimi's money bag. That's where yeah, he. That's where he started. That's yes. what he does. You know, and it's done really well. Yeah. So I loved that scene. I definitely noticed that scene as well, and that's a great call that there's no music. Um, I mentioned the fight from the train. The mm-hmm. only one I have is um, Peter's answering machine message to MJ, where he runs out of time on the call, and he mm-hmm. tells her he's Spider Man. Yeah. So he, like, he tells her he's Spider Man, but it's after. Clearly, he wanted to tell her at that moment, right. but the, the the answering machine runs out. Right, and I just thought emotionally that was to me that hit more than anything else in the entire movie. That was his struggle. Yep, what he says to her um, is just so. I thought that was the best acting that he did in the whole movie. I agree with that for sure. It was just really good, really well done scene, and you just feel it. You feel kind of the rhythm mm-hmm. of it. You feel where he is in the story. Uh, thought that was great. Yep. Um, I have a couple more, just quick ones. Um, the scene that I call the worst night in Peter's life, which is, it's like everything happens at once. Mm-hmm. Harry yells at him, slaps him. Yep. It's where he's taking the pictures for J. Jonah yeah. Jameson's son. Yes, yes, at the gala. Right. So yeah. he tries to, to make it up with MJ. She rejects him. Now she's getting married. Mm-hmm. Harry, she gets engaged in this scene. Yeah, right, yeah. in this scene. I just want to <laughs> let everybody know we're getting married. <laughs> I love that when J.K. Simmons, he goes... Take a picture! Yeah, I love that little beat of like, buddy, like yeah. we're all invested with Peter, and right. he's like, I'm paying you to take pictures, and my right. son just got engaged. Yeah, you know? yeah so it's like, it is brutal. It's yeah. a brutal scene for him. Yeah. He like goes through so much in like five minutes. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's tough. Um. And then I like, which we've already talked about, where he runs in to save the little girl. In the fire. In the fire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that scene That's a lot. cool. Yeah. I, I think I, that, that's like the turning point of the whole, of his whole character, I think. I think a lot of, in any superhero movie, whenever they lose their powers, uh, for me, I'm like, it's not always interesting because now it's a trope. Sure. But uh, it can just be so interesting mm-hmm. and it gives us, especially if they're a very powerful character like Superman or something. Um, or like I think about uh, Dark Knight Rises where he has to climb out of this pit. Yeah, yeah. He's not Batman and he's not doing well. He's right. been beaten down, you know, like those moments, those those are, those are just can be really effective because mm-hmm. we, we relate so hard to that character. Of yeah. Like everything's been stripped away from me. I don't have anything that I'm used to and I still have to like get through yeah, this. Yeah, I like, um, that's why my favorite scene in Homecoming is after the boat when... Um, Iron Man has to come help him. Yeah. And like they're up on the roof hmm. and Peter's like, you know, if you cared, you'd, you'd, you'd be here. And then he like steps out of the suit and he's like, 
I'm going to need your suit back because, you know, if you're nothing without the suit, then you shouldn't have it. Mm. So I think it's like that same sort of thing. Like I'm going to take away something that, that has made you feel comfortable, that yeah. has made you have all this super cool power and ability. Yeah. I'm going to take it away from you now. Yeah. And so that you can figure out who you are. Yeah. I think that's a super cool, anytime a superhero movie, like you mm-hmm. said, does that. It's yeah. Really and especially because cool. limitations... Like if you have a superhero that can always always has all these things available to them, all of their powers right. and abilities, it's kind of not interesting after a while because you're like, oh, well, he can always do this. That's why right. I don't like Superman as much because, like, Superman like can Superman always either. get out of anything. Yeah, he like so many plots of so many TV shows and movies are like Superman forgets he has heat vision. Superman <laughs> forgets he can freeze things with his right. breath. Superman forget, you know, like yeah, he's really the <laughs> thing with Superman is just punch harder. Yeah, you know, so it's I I find it's hard to identify with. Um, All right, Uh, cutting room floor. What's one scene that you think could have been cut out of this movie and it would have left everything else intact? Um, The elevator scene could have been cut out. I don't want it to be cut out. Which which one? This is the after the first time he falls and he can't web. Yeah. He has oh, to take yes. the elevator down. Yes, and it's, it's long a great and scene. Yes, I love it. It's so <laughs> funny, but I guess you could have taken it out. Um, <laughs> you definitely could have taken it out. Sure, but it's, yeah, it's it I is. Think it's that is a good scene. Yeah, um, yeah. And then I had, I, th- I think the scene with Harry at the end, where he's like Norman appears to him in the mirror. Mm-hmm. He like throws the dagger through the mirror, finds all the Green Goblin stuff, and yeah, he realizes yeah. that his dad was Green Goblin. Right. Um, I think that should have been an end credit scene. Yeah. I don't think that should have been in the movie. It definitely would have happened at the stage if it had happened yeah, come out right. now. Yeah. Yeah. Th- they've found ways to yeah. make that work. I don't I don't think that should have been in the movie. I get that. Uh mine was the laundromat scene early when his whites get stained. Um <laughs> yeah, that, I thought we've just had like twenty five minutes of us being like his superhero life is bleeding into his personal <laughs> life. And they're like, just in case you don't get it. His Spider-Man <laughs> colors are running into his whites. I didn't even read it like that. That's so good. But it was just another thing of like, yeah. and even without that, it's just another. Oh, being a Spider-Man is ruining that's my kind life. Of, that's kind of how I read it. It's just like kind yeah, of exactly. Like a dumb but it's definitely a metaphor. Yeah, and like it, it again, it just seemed I'm like, guy, we it, get it. <laughs> if you're not paying attention at all, that's the only reason you wouldn't get it at this point. We don't need another thing. All right, imaginary deleted scene. What is one scene you think this movie could have used? Something between Harry and MJ. They never talk in this movie. <laughs> they don't. They, they don't speak to each other at all. Yeah. But we're expected to believe because in that yeah. scene, the worst night of Peter's life. In that scene, yeah. Harry, like one of the things that Harry says to him is that you stole MJ from me. Yeah. We're like, do you even like her? You haven't talked. Right. Like we yeah. don't. We know that he. He like went after her and dated her for a little bit in the first movie, but like, yeah, there's no residual sort of feelings. So Harry, that Harry we can and see. MJ. So maybe like yeah. some sort of like an awkward scene, like Harry's like, "Man, you look good, MJ," or something like that. You know that yeah. we just didn't get. I hmm. feel like okay. it would have given that moment between right. Harry and Peter more. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Um, I said explain or conclude the arc with him losing his powers. Like, I'll just write what I have written here. He never asked for his powers in the first place. (laughs) Why is stress or conflicted feelings causing him to lose them? He was bitten by a spider. (laughs) I don't see that. What has to do with his emotional health? Um, Maybe there's an explanation, but we don't get to it in this movie. I I feel like there are... I think about, like, Stranger Things with the character Eleven. Um, There are different 
there are different characters where it's like I think about maybe Doctor Strange. There's these different characters where it's like their powers are predicated on their mental clarity. Sure. Or their they have to reach this stage of like of meditation or or whatever. Clarity, I think, is a good word for it. Right. And it's established that they need that in order to perform their powers. But like this is part of Peter's biology. And <laughs> yeah. it's not explained why yeah. he's just losing his powers because of there's definitely yeah. no biological reason for it happening. Mm-hmm. I always just kind of thought, like, he doesn't want it, right? Yeah. And so, like, in his mind, he's kind of turning it off. Right. You know? So, uh, Right. And and it, to me, that makes sense. Right. I just wish that, like, what point does he come back? Like, at what point does he decide to actually Spider-Man again? It's when MJ gets well, stolen, right? Well, no, it's that moment that he frees the... The girl from the fire. No, but does he use his Spider-Man powers then? No. What point does he? It's got to be the the fight scene with Doctor Octopus, right? Where Mary Jane gets. There's okay. So there's. I'm trying to remember the, all the beats in that in that section. Yeah. I think it's the fire, and I think it. He goes and visits Aunt May, mm-hmm. and he, she's moving. Yep. And she gives him her speech, which is. I have the quote down yeah. that I'm going to read. It's a long quote, but I'm okay. going to read it. It's one of those dialogue <laughs> yeah, yeah. moments that you were talking about. And then right after that, I think, is a Spider-Man scene. Okay. So he steals the suit back from J. Jonah Jameson. Yes, Jameson's. yes. That's got to be it. Yes. And yeah. obviously he uses his powers to do so. So what I want to see is if his powers have stopped working because of all this, I want to see a moment where he tries his powers again and now they do work. I feel like we never got that. And I'm like, again, like maybe, okay, maybe it's not explained, but at least we just need to see like, I just felt like it wasn't treated. So anyway, that's my, that's that's my imaginary deleted scene. It's like, just, just let us see that happen because that way it at least gives us closure to that. All right, unsung hero. This one's easy. Yeah. J.K. J- J- Simmons. Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> it's never. It's maybe not, it's not even close. Maybe <laughs> Tony uh, R.D.J. is Tony Stark, but there has never been a more perfectly casted character. <laughs> no, no, he keeps coming back. He's yeah. in the. He's been in the video he's, game. Yeah, he's actually just, like. He's yeah. He's yep. he is just this character. Yep. They they found they found him. It's <laughs> great. We don't have to get into that anymore. Um, best quotes. You have a bunch, so let me just, I'll say, I'll go first. Okay. Um, <laughs> I really liked. I don't have a bunch. I have like oh, two. Oh, okay, 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 cool. <laughs> one of them's just really long. All right, well, you do yours first then. Okay. I'll do my short one first. Okay. It's it's a J.K. Simmons line. He's like, what's going on out there? He says, gossip, rumors, panic in the streets, if we're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of my favorites is, I think it's Bruce Campbell. As the usher, mm-hmm. he says, no one is admitted after the doors are closed. It helps maintain the illusion. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a play. Yeah, right. But I love that he said it helps maintain the illusion. Yeah. In that in that scene, too, is like, she asked, I'm friends with MJ. She asked me to come. He said, but not to come late. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. great. So that's good. Um, there's the line about Peter being an empty seat, which I always... I always like because she's like after all these years you're yeah you know, you're nothing to me but an empty seat. That's like, a pretty that's good a line. Pretty heartbreaking line. Yeah. And then I'm gonna read. It's kind of long. Yeah. But I'm gonna read. Um, yeah. Aunt May's. Aunt May. This is the 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 lecture that she gives him, Peter, yeah. um, about heroes. I think it's the it's very 
obviously, hey guys, this is the thesis of our movie. Yeah. But she says, kids like Henry need a hero. Courageous, self-sacrificing people, setting examples for all of us. People will stand in the rain for hours for just to get a glimpse of the one who taught them to hold on just a little longer. I believe there's a hero in all of us that keeps us honest, that gives us strength, makes us noble, and finally allows us to die with pride, even though sometimes we have to be steady and give up the things we love the most. Hmm. That's, I think, that's the point of the movie, is right. to be steady and yeah. give up the things, maybe even give up the things we love the most, hmm. if it means yeah. that we can help somebody or, or we can do what's right. right. And, as we were saying earlier, because this is such a kind of an emblematic Spider-Man movie. It's almost the point of Spider-Man stories yep. in general. You could you'd put that in any of the stories and it would make sense. I wrote an Aunt, an Aunt May line, which is, well, at least we get the toaster, <laughs> which they don't. <laughs> they don't. You have to deposit uh, $300. She didn't, she didn't read the small print. You got to read the fine print, Aunt May. <laughs> um, I had one. What is this? I had, what is this? Oh, yeah, it's... J.K. Simmons, when MJ doesn't show up at the wedding, he goes, call Deborah, the caterer? Tell her not to open the caviar. Because <laughs> the whole movie, he's getting calls from his wife about like spending money on the wedding. Yes. Yeah. So it's established that he hates how much money right. he's going to spend on this wedding. And then and he tells he desperately tries to tell the caterer not to open the right. caviar. And also, he's like, there's this scene with like flowers. Like she's, yeah, flowers, yeah, yeah. if you spend any more... If you spend any more on this wedding, you can pick the flowers from my grave. <laughs> and then we see the wedding, and there's so many flowers. Yeah, it's like a ridiculous that. amount That's of great. flowers. That's funny. Yeah. That's good. That's a good subtle yeah. joke right there. Very cool. I didn't notice that. All right, film or movie? Um, you go first. I'm movie all the way on this one. Okay. Yeah. It's close for really? me. Really? Okay. It's close for me. I, I think I will ultimately say movie, but... It's so stylized and it's so mm-hmm. like there's so much depth to it mm-hmm. that I think that it would not be a stretch to call it a film hmm. just because it is, it does have so much to say. And yeah, they sell Spider Man toys and you know, things mm-hmm. look cool and it's commercialized yeah. and it's made a billion dollars or whatever. Yeah. But he's saying so much through the movie about not just about this fake superhero but about what you know we can also be a hero yeah but it it may not always work in our favor like we may have to give something up we may have to sacrifice in order to do what's right i think that's a really cool Hmm. thing to challenge your audience with definitely as far as i know for you you your number one question is always like is it trying to say something Mm -hmm. or is it commercialization versus versus message attempting to challenge or change your audience yeah i i think it's a really simple message i think it's a really good one i think Mm -hmm. that's the the story i think is so airtight because it doesn't try to go too deep right um which is ultimately why i think i i do lean movie but i i think that yeah i would if somebody said this is a film i would be like yeah sure okay Interesting. I yeah. For me, it's just so. It is so. It feels so up the middle of like. Yeah. You got your special effects. You got your bit. You got your costumes. Yeah, you got your big. It's and a then, big budget superhero movie. Yeah. Um. All right. Personal rating. For you, it's a five. Yeah, it is. All right. Cool. Um. I don't think I have anything else to say about it. Okay. I think it's just a five. Uh. Personally, this pains me. I I put 
2.5. Oh, no. The um, lowest yet. The lowest yet. I'm sorry about that. That's okay. I, and I'm sorry to... I'm sorry to 16-year-old me, too. <laughs> um, I don't just. I'm, this is just this viewing. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll watch it again, and maybe I'll like it more. Um, it just so many of those things that I talked about, especially the dialogue, just took me out of it. And again, and I say that I want to say one more time that the complete disruption and evolution of the genre. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've watched all the same Marvel movies that you have. Yeah. And all of that has been since then. And so for me, I look at, again, it's just, it's hard for me to watch this and really enjoy it yeah. thoroughly after yeah. after seeing all that stuff. I, th- I will say this. This is the last thing I'll say sort of in yeah. defense of my personal yeah. Feel free. rating. I think that the reason I love this, I think this, on a personal level, I enjoy this movie more than any of the, of the MCU. Okay. I think it's because... There's so much more to me. There's so much more character in this movie, mm-hmm. just from, you know, Sam Raimi to the actual story that he's telling. Like, it, there's just so much more character. It doesn't feel like a machine, you I know. Ag- I agree. There, it I do agree about there being a lot more character. Right. It doesn't yeah. feel as much like a product as the MCU has, especially since the first Avengers. Um, How do you feel about Venom? I haven't actually Person. haven't seen those. Okay. That's interesting. I've been meaning to, but I've seen the first one. I think of all the Marvel movies, this is not that's not super. That's M- not it's not MCU. It's Sony. I thought there was a there's a Tom Hardy post credit scene and something else. There is, okay. but then this is also MCU. Then sure, sure. Right. Okay. <laughs> anyway, right. That one has I w- I feel like that is maybe the closest to this in like character and really? tone of of all the a lot of the Marvel movies that have come out since. You need then. to watch them. Um, cause it, uh, it's a similar kind of struggle and it, I just feel the same way. It's also, it's self-contained. And that is one thing I'll say in this movie's credit. Um, and going back to Bat- Batman Begins and stuff mm-hmm. like these movies don't have this weight of this huge shared universe that's going on. Yes. And that is refreshing yes. to be like, who cares what happened before or after this? Right. This is just happening in New York City. As far as we know, there are no other heroes or villains in right. the world. That's what I hope they do with the new Matt Reeves Batman stuff. I okay, don't it, yeah, I don't yeah. want it to be tied into anything. Right. I, well, they can I make agree. like a bat, like a bat family uni- universe, but I don't want it to be tied into like yeah. Wonder Woman and Superman. I don't want to I see agree. those people. I think that was definitely a strength of of the yeah. Batman as well. Anyway, cool. Uh, critical rating four. Okay, I think. I mean, I all your criticisms are very valid. Okay. <laughs> you know, I like, and that's what that's what's so cool about this podcast is that I get it. This movie's not a five. You know, yeah. I do think it's, I do think it's better than the two point five. But, okay, okay. But Mine's three three point five. Yeah. for critical. I think yeah. That for me, just the the those failings cut away at it too much. Mm-hmm. But like I said, the story's there. The simplicity and the the how solid the story was really do go a long way. And the performances are pretty decent. I will say, I really do like Kirsten Dunst as an actor. Um, her in Fargo season two is incredible, as well as... Um, she was good in Power of the Dog. Power of the Dog. Yeah. Yes. Um, so sh- I think she's great. I th- maybe she was young. Maybe she wasn't she was directed young. well. But you're right that like it just it just doesn't seem like... Nah. It's not working for me. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you Have you seen Tobey Maguire and things that you like I, other than Spider-Man? I honestly don't think I've seen him in anything else. I know that he's there's a war movie he's in with Jake Gyllenhaal. He's Jarheads. Like a, 
maybe. But I haven't seen it. I've just seen like clips and stuff, but I the point of this podcast is not to throw shade at people. I I just don't <laughs> know if there's a lot of other things. I don't think he's done much. I think he had a lot of personal like okay. Like off camera kind of struggles. Because okay. I mean, I think through. about other actors like him from this era, like Elijah Wood, and I'm like, well, I've seen Elijah Wood and other things. Yeah. And he's really good. Yeah. Um, okay. Daniel Radcliffe. Um, all right, cool. 3.5. Double feature. What's, if you have your own drive in movie theater, this is the first one playing. What's playing in the late slot? I tried to not do a superhero movie. Okay. I like spent days trying to figure out a good double feature. <laughs> okay. But I couldn't. I, I couldn't <laughs> find one. I try, you know, tried yeah. to find one that was like identity or sacrifice but right i went with batman begins okay because i think that he kind of makes a similar choice there i think especially towards the end it's like yeah you know rachel gives him that that speech where you know if the time comes where gotham never needs batman then i'll be there but you can't be with me because you have to be there for gotham okay um so i think there's a similar sort of personal dilemma there yeah i like how different of a superhero movie that is too right it's really so grounded and yeah yeah Okay, mine is, I tried to not think about this one as much because okay. I'm always thinking too much about it. Um, yeah. I just put X-Men yeah. from, I think, 2000 or 2001. Yeah. Uh, Very, I watched that recently. Very similar. Yeah, yeah, pretty similar. I think it does a great job. In a similar way, it just has a simple kind of story mm-hmm. structure. Um, that Wolverine character, played by Hugh, Hugh, Hugh Jackman, is one of our our best superhero movies ever. Yes, or, and or superhero characters. You're talking about casting. Yes. I mean, yeah, he, I can't not see Wolverine as him. Nope. Um, it's, which is funny because he, he doesn't necessarily play Wolverine exactly like Wolverine was written in the comic books and the old That's what I show. I haven't, I didn't read yeah. comics as but a kid. His, but his, his is like the version now. Like, yeah. I'm like, it, his is better. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> Especially, I kind of liked the prequels. Like I think it was called. There's one called the Wolverine. I think one of them was. There's X Men Origins Wolverine. Yeah, and yeah. then there's one called the Wolverine, which ever had him in Nagasaki. That one was pretty good. I thought I, I, I liked, liked it, that and it one. seemed like it was a movie that came out that people were like, "Oh, it's so stupid." But I was like, no, I don't know. I it's it the good. other one that wasn't good. Okay, okay. The the Origins one origins. I think was not as good. Okay, yeah. Um, and of course Logan. It was the one with Will I Am. Origins <laughs> had Will I Am in it. Okay. <laughs> a dead giveaway um <laughs> uh and of course logan for me which is oh yeah it's got to be for me one of the best comic w- one of the best um all right all right uh let me see if there's anything else do you have anything else you want to say about this movie it's it's great i love it <laughs> <laughs> i love it so much and um, i always will i want to re- just reiterate this is how i felt on this watch through yeah I honestly can't say I like it more than a 2.5. That's okay. And I wish, again, I wish I I could because I do really respect a lot of things about it and I feel like I I do try to contextualize it. But just versus the other movies that we've seen Mm -hmm. for this podcast, you know, it's just just hard for me to get into it. Um, And that being said, I was in this movie's demographic. I was 16 when this came out. Right. So for for me, this should like really hit. Yeah. (laughs) And I feel like, I do feel like that about the first one, I think. Where like I I really really remember that yeah. that like left a big impression on yeah. me. Yeah, I was five, no six. Yeah, I was six when it came out. So cool. Well, that's it for Spider Man Two. Join us next episode for the next movie off of my list: The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. Yeah, the longest title 
in the of any of these of movies. movies I think that we're going to have. Yep. And we'll see you all then uh, next time. All right. Bye. Bye.